Welcome everyone to Films of the Women of My Life. My name is Brennan and joining me tonight is Jess. Hello, hello. And Nicole. Hey. And tonight we were supposed to be doing, I believe, Jojo Rabbit, but it is not playing in any theaters anywhere around us, and so we will be pushing that off until it does, or comes out of streaming, or whenever it becomes available. So tonight we called an audible, uh, and uh, Nicole actually recommended us do Panic Room. Panic Room, the yeah, David Fincher movie. Panic Room. Yeah, so uh, Nicole, you suggested Have you seen this. it before? I have seen this before. I will not disclose how many times I've seen this before, but I have. <laughs> yes, I have seen Panic Room before as well. Only once, actually. Um, it's David Fincher, so of course I've seen it. Uh, for people who know, he's, his biggest movies are probably Social Network, Fight Club, Seven. Uh, actually, all his movies are big. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, The Game, uh, Zodiac. That movie's horrible. But for the most part, he makes he makes good films. And Jess, I believe you are the you're the new one here. You've never seen Panic Room. Nope, never seen, never heard of it. What? Never oh, heard Nicole, of it. you feel like me on every time I say, <laughs> Jess, you've never seen it, and I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget that. Oh, jeez. Uh, yep. Well, this is 2002. Jess would consider this classic cinema. Um, oh yeah, this is uh, <laughs> definitely one of the classics. <laughs> Uh, it's just I think historical fiction. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I said. I think I've said it on the show before. I, I said uh, we should start doing some older movies, not just theater reviews. And just like, what you mean from like two thousand and one? I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean from from the twentieth century. Um, <laughs> so, Panic Room. Here's the summary of Panic Room: uh, A newly divorced mother, played by Jodie Foster, and her young daughter are caught in a cat and mouse game with three intruders who break into their New York apartment, searching for a hidden cache of cash. Uh, yeah, nice and simple, and it's, couldn't couldn't have said it better. Um, so, Panic Room is currently streaming on Netflix. Uh, it's usually in and out of the streaming services. So, if you haven't seen it, we will spoil it here. Um, go go check it out if you have any interest on Netflix. Uh, we rate things here at Films with Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. I mean, the, the summary said it all. Uh, Sarah and Meg Altman, so that's Jodie Foster is the mom, and a young Christian Stewart is the daughter. Uh, I'm going to argue one of her best roles. Um, <laughs> I do agree with that. <laughs> Just uh, based on the few other things I've seen her in. Because she has uh, to act childish, so... She is a child. Um, they uh, are, or uh, I guess Meg, the mom, is recently divorced uh, from a very wealthy, what is he, pharmaceutical guy. Um, you, you called him the very, a very famous pharmaceutical rep. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, they basically, the whole point is she's know, a div- of she's, so many of them. She's a divorced mom with lots of money. They drop his pharmaceutical, whatever. Um, they're looking for a new house, and that's what we see at the beginning here. They are kind of pushed into buying this very large, elaborate house it's, for in New York. It's four I wish stories. they would have said how much it cost. I know. Probably I don't even know houses that big exist on the West Side. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... It was it's, it's crazy big, if you know New York prices. I mean, it's... I don't know how many million it is, but it's... I mean, it's 2002 prices, but still. Jesus, it's, it's crazy. Um, so, the the whole house... there She's put pressured into buying it. Um, by the two realtors, she accepts the deal just because she's kind of trying to move on with everything. She's very sad, distraught, depressed at the beginning. Her daughter is 
scootering around the house. Uh, and Yeah. And the night they move in, uh, well, I guess right when they buy it, the night they move in, they find out there is a protected concrete and steel room in the house, a panic room. Um, it has a bunch of security systems and surveillance cameras. Uh, the, apparently the old owner of the house was some millionaire recluse and he had a room, a panic room. That's, that's the whole device of the story. Uh, and then the first night we get, uh, the break in by three criminals, uh, three very different criminals, an interesting, uh, collection of people. We have Burnham, <laughs> who is Forrest Whitaker's character. He is, uh... Well, I'll, I won't reveal who everyone is here. Burnham's Forrest Whitaker, Raul is Dwight Yoakam, and Junior is Jared Leto. He seems to be the de facto leader, at least at the beginning. Um, and I did not recognize that was Jared Leto until yeah, I saw this. With, with yeah. The <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he looks pretty crazy in this one. He reminds me of uh, Nicole, uh, what's it, Zach Efron in um, Beach Bum. <laughs> Like that yes. kind of weird, weird look <laughs> for, for that kind of person. Yeah, um, he definitely so, looks crazy. So the three kind of, we don't, we, we kind of learn about their relationship with each other, like those three criminals as we go. Cause the, you know, Jared Leto, Forrest Whitaker, and Dwight Yoakam, not exactly three guys you would think all hang out together outside of, uh, outside of this. Well, they make um, it clear that they don't, they don't even, Forrest Whitaker doesn't even know who the one guy is. Well, right. We learn like. We learned, yeah, it was originally supposed to be just Jared Leto and 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 um, Forrest Whitaker, but then Jared Leto has brought on a third guy, uh, a ski mask Raul. wearing Dwight Yoakam, yeah, Raul, um, kind of like a quiet muscle type, uh, at least in the beginning. And the three of them, I uh, think they're just gonna break right easy into the panic room because there is money in there. Jared Leto knows there's money in there. We don't know how he knows yet, but he knows there's money in there. And he seems to have recruited these other two guys. So, you know, they don't think the, the family's moved in yet. They, they weren't supposed to. What, what, did, what did she say, Nicole? Uh, 14, 14 days. 14 days. It's almost two, almost three weeks. He said, how do you figure that? Business days. It's always business days. <laughs> Clearly it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so he, because Jared Leto could not do the math in his head and didn't understand how escrow worked. Uh, he they, they broke in on a day when there are indeed people living in the house complicating matters uh obviously you know that the whole the whole plot is like i said a cat and mouse in and out of the panic room different groups of people trying to get in and out um you know the criminals all the three of them don't get along so their allegiances are constantly shifting back and forth between the three of them um that's that's you know and the plot will unfold so i'll go to you jess first for your rating of the plot since you've never seen this before so i'm probably going to start off saying i thought the plot had a lot of potential Dot dot okay. dot. <laughs> I, I don't I it didn't do it for me. Um I'm gonna give it a two. I don't I don't I think it was a lot about the characters. I didn't agree with like ninety percent of their motives. I get the whole thing or trying to get out of the panic room and um be safe, but I feel like that wasn't it. It's like are they getting revenge? Do they they don't work together or what is it? I didn't really um see any of that happening and then with the other characters that come in like the dad and the random other criminal i just felt like it didn't really fit together i don't know i just feel like it was criminal yeah or uh, another criminal there's only the three wait who was the one that came in later there was a dad and then there was no the one that took the ski mask off oh we took the ski mask okay so i thought that was a whole different guy (laughs) Oh boy! <laughs> so you're definitely gonna have trouble with motivations here because they all they all have motivations that 
that come out. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I uh, was like, for a second, I was like, where did he come from? I did they see him take a mask off? I, I guess I blanked at that moment. <laughs> well, yeah, they, they, did they, a, they, did a, they do yeah. a bait and switch. And, and when Jodie Foster comes out of the panic room, she thinks that her ex-husband is laying there dead up at the uh, upstairs. But actually, when they put their, the coat over the s- security camera, they actually leave that guy up there. So mm-hmm. he can get into the panic room. Right. Yeah, so missed that entire part. <laughs> I thought all of a sudden there was a third <laughs> another criminal that came in. Oh, Jess. <laughs> all right. I don't uh, know. Nicole, yeah. how about how about help us out a little bit with uh, what you thought of the plot? Because uh, yeah, um, I think actually that the plot is kind of complex. <laughs> um, I mean, the basis of it, like they're going, they're trying to break in to get money. But there's people there, so it's throwing off their whole plan. I mean, I feel like that's that's been done quite a few times. But just mm-hmm. the, the different scenarios that come up in this really make it unique. Like, um, Kristen Stewart is must have like low blood pressure or something like that, or diabetic, and She's she diabetic, uh, yeah. she needs her medication. So that creates this huge dilemma of how are they supposed to get out. Um, to in order to to save her, and you know you don't expect you don't know if the ex husband's really going to come and help them or not based on the relationship that Jodie Foster makes them seem they have. Um, so I mean the the little bits and pieces they add to an otherwise normal plot, I think, really bump it up a little bit. There's a lot of shit in here that I wouldn't do. I would be out of that panic room in five minutes, like running out the door, saying, "Take your fucking money, I don't care." Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm just like, why are you still in there? <laughs> I know. I totally agree. If I, I would make them an ultimatum right away, but I'm just I surrender very easily, so I don't know if I'm. And she doesn't even this. know what they're looking for. Right. And, like they don't. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. She doesn't know what they're looking for. She thinks they might be there to hurt her. She doesn't know. Like so, that's why I, I wouldn't leave either. I'm. I, I guess like, I'm better with words then, and I could probably try to bargain out what they're looking for. And exactly. If I can... Well, that's yeah. what they did at the beginning when when he was holding up the little signs, and and she's like, "Why do you want to get in?" Or she's like, "What are you looking for? It's in that room. Why do you want to get in here?" And like, "Well, what like what do you know about this room?" And they just say, "Yeah," More and then she just know. gave up. Well, she yeah, but she, they're not going to. The, Jared, all right, for Jared Leto's in charge at the beginning. He's not one to negotiate with these people. Their whole plan is to gas him out, try to break in with a sledgehammer. Like the, the uh, Jared Leto and Dwight Yoakam, not competent criminals, and and uh, Forrest Whitaker seems to not be. You know, he's not in charge at the beginning here. He's kind of at their mercy. If I was getting gassed out, I'd get the fuck out of there. That's like, what I said too. <laughs> you get out. If you're getting out of that room, what are they gonna, planning like, on? What are they planning on staying there for a week? I don't understand what they're going to do. <laughs> exactly. If, no, that's what I was. I was saying that I was like, I would just hold up in there until like as long as I can because like you got you showed you had a bunch of water and food in well, there. They, yeah, but they did as long as they could because they had to get the daughter's medicine. Well, right. That's the whole thing. Is like, and that's the thing. I was actually thinking if I were the criminals, I would have left. If I were the criminals, not if I were. Jodie Foster and and uh, well, yeah. If I were the criminals, I would have left too. But they were too money hungry to no, do anything. And they've already right. been seen yeah. on the camera, so it was a kind of like a now or never thing. Well, like, that's the thing. They've already I been seen. If if I know they've already been seen, I think they're gonna kill me when they get out of there because they can't have witnesses. Especially Dwight Yoakam, the fucking mask guy. He would have killed both of them. You know that. Yeah, but well, I think there's still a better chance of escaping than um, 
How? If I if I got gassed in there, I'd be like, all right, they're going to either blow me up since this isn't working or something. So I would just, I don't know, Give leave. up and die? <laughs> yes. But, right. <laughs> but no, I mean, the, there's, there's just no way you're not gonna run past these three guys like in a four. I'm not gonna run staircase. past them at all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna negotiate and bargain. Yeah, bargain what? They could, they have a gun, and there's three of them, and it's you and your daughter. You have no chips. Okay, but they are in there for a purpose. If you, if they just go in and say you can literally have everything in this house and yeah, the money, take whatever. All the money. You Dwight Yoakam still would have killed them. Not in. I don't think in the beginning he would have. He kills his employer just because he was about to leave. He's like, no after witnesses. his hand's been smashed in a door and he's been beaten up. Uh, and- Dwight woke up and was never leaving witnesses. He was trying to, he would, didn't care if they died in that room in the beginning when he was blasting the gas. I think he was just not even thinking about that part because then how they opened the room if they were just both in there dead. Well, no, he's not yeah. thinking about it. He, he's, that's what I'm saying. He's a, like a wild card. He's going to kill people like he does. So, like, I don't know. I'm not trying to run past these three guys if one of them's Dwight Yoakam. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's. I'd rather stay in a room where they can't get me. Well, well, I like that we're having this conversation because this is what's enhancing my my score here. Because you know, this could have been this could have been very boring. And oh, oh, they they missed her right around the corner. Oh, she just ran out and ran back in. Oh, she didn't see them do this. But it's not. It really does make you think about what you would do in the situation and what we probably wouldn't be able to do even if we wanted to um yeah so i feel like at the end she was like seeking vengeance rather than like getting out safely oh yeah absolutely um oh yeah at the end she, she, had, she had to take him out like totally get i don't know I'm, I, I get jodie foster's perspective this whole time like i'm totally it's the criminals that don't always make sense to me like as far as their like i understand they want the money but how their choices to get there don't always make sense to me um, Jodie Foster's all pretty much all her choices. I, I can I understand where she's going. I, I, I guess think we're she's talking vengeful about the- and like less thinking about her daughter. But okay, well, uh, Nicole, would you give the plot four, quattro, uh, quattro? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, after all that, I'm on a four too. Um, it's it's a simple plot elevated by good directing like the tension of the directing is the reason like the gas scene is i think a really effective scene because it's i'm like clenching the whole time um a lot of like the ending where they're going down the staircase and like everyone's kind of creaking through the house there's just a lot of good tension scenes in this movie um with a couple of good little twisties like we already said dwight yokum killing jared leto um jared leto we find out is holding out on them he has more money uh or there's more money in the safe than um he originally led on there's just a lot of it's it's a it would be like a three but i think there's a lot of little things in here that elevate it um it's not a five because like it sounds like you guys somebody we all we all have motivation problems with somebody whether it's jodie foster or the criminals like there it's not a perfectly tight narrative but it's it it becomes uh, way out of it just becomes way blown out of proportion i feel like the the night could have really ended with everybody getting what they want if it was just like communication a bit or better. something yeah. yeah i yeah. i can't speak for this because i would obviously have never been in this situation before so <laughs> i don't know how i would act i don't know how quickly i could finagle some something in a panic room where there's nothing in there without my cell phone or you know without my daughter's medicine i don't know how i'd be reacting i just don't I see like- a, a way how you're in the you're in her situation there's just three guys you don't know you don't and you don't know what they want and they won't tell you what they want 
and you're just, she and asked you're one a, time she said yeah, what do you I want think if she one time like, if she like waved said, it in front of them it was like look i have what you want right here or she doesn't know what they want no she says but, what is in this what do you know about this room and he wrote more than you know if right. she said if she just re- buzzed back and said if you tell me what it is i will get out of your way yeah. we'll never Especially do anything it's not even her money so it's not like she's protected yeah, or she would do it in a heartbeat because dwight woken would have shot both of you before forrest whitaker and jared little had a chance to blink i'm just saying i wouldn't have left the room <laughs> i would jump out the window that they busted with the door the four-story <laughs> window come on yes that's what <laughs> yes and while you're laying there on the ground, he walks outside and shoots you. Like, I have come a be- on, there's no, no way you're getting around him. I have a better, not if they're in there for however long trying to open the safe, I have a better chance of jumping out the window than, than trying Two to run Two of them can him. open the safe while one walks slowly down the stairs to kill you. It's not very hard, like, there's no easy, there is not an easy way out for Jodie Foster. It's the criminals Only one that guy have- had the brains to open the safe, and that was the guy in charge. I don't think the other two would have even figured out how to do it. Well, Forrest Whitaker is so that's an, so. Let's talk about the characters here. The uh, Forrest Whitaker, as we find out, is the safe des- like a like a not the safe designer, but he like installs the safes. That's like his whole piece. He has been doing it for twelve years, and that's how he knows like how to get into them. Um, and then Jared Leto, we find out he's the reason he's kind of the de facto leader at the beginning is because he is the grandson of the father of the guy who used to live there. That's how he knows there's money in the safe. Uh, he's complaining about, you know, having to wait for the inheritance to pass out. He doesn't want to share it with his other grandkids, so he's just, just going into the take-it-all. And Dwight Yoakam's a guy he, you know, doesn't really know that well, but he hires him as, like, a hired thug, and he turns out to be, you know, the most dangerous one of them all. Um, and then, you know, we, we find out – I don't think – I don't know if we find out when we find out, but we kind of gradually learn Kristen Stewart's got the, the di- uh, diabetes and low blood sugar. Well, um, I mean, they... It's doled I, out. Uh, I don't know. When do they say it? They show her, they show her um, yeah. little watch in the beginning. She says, are you okay? I think it leads you to believe it, but once you watch yeah. it before, and then you and then see when that she... I, think- oh, oh, I was going to say, if you see it more than once, you'll see in the beginning when they're putting her to bed for the first night. She's got the whole mini fridge of the juice and stuff, so you do know in the beginning. Then I think the mom asked, like, or no, she said, like, I don't want to concern you, but, like, I'm tired and, like, I'm hungry or something. So I think that was kind of her saying, oh, she's starting to get into shock if she's, like, losing her energy and Mm -hmm. needs something. Yeah, I I think it's kind of given us to bits and pieces and we are by the time it happens we know you know if not directly diabetes it's something she's got some sort of medical condition where she needs a needs something a shot um those are our five characters other than the dad i mean i guess we could talk about him he jody foster gets a phone at one point and calls him he's the divorced dad he comes in and basically gets a shit beat out of him and then he sits in a chair the whole time like all disheveled and, and tries to to shoot dwight yokum at the end um He's barely a character, though, so I'll uh, go to you, Nicole, first this time. What do you think of the our five core characters? So, I really like Jodie Foster in this because I think she's just, like, a, such a badass woman, and you can see she's literally doing anything in her power to keep her daughter safe, which is exactly what I think anybody would do in the situation, regardless of what I'm saying previously. You know, this the only thing she's caring about is that her daughter's safe. So I think she does an excellent job of keeping her head straight while still showing that concern of what the fuck am I supposed to do? Um, I think Kristen Stewart's really good in this too. I think she plays off of Jodie Foster really well in this. Um, you know, when, when Jodie, when Jodie tells her, 
get in the corner and don't look she does it because she knows that her mom's freaking the fuck out because she's claustrophobic and mm-hmm. s- scared and i just think that that whole dynamic with the two is really good um i think jared leto sucks in this but like it's funny so i don't mind it <laughs> oh really you don't think he's you don't like him no i just no i mean i think that the character sucks i think that he does it well i just think that his character is just, just a gross human being <laughs> oh like he's shitty like you don't like yeah him. Yeah, a, yeah but i get what you mean but he does he does the role well forrest whitaker does his role really well i don't care much for the other guy i don't remember his name but he's too he's too hard ass oh i'm gonna shoot everybody i don't like that kind of person i feel like they would have benefited from just maybe having someone else that wasn't as i'm gonna kill everybody as soon well as if I he wasn't them. there you guys could have just ran out of the room but because he's there you can't. maybe that's why i don't like him <laughs> he why but, he closes off your escape exit <laughs> of just <yeah>. leaving <laughs> but i do have i do have one more character that i want to bring up which is the god-awful police officer that shows up to her oh house. yeah forgot about that guy because if this guy if if this ever got back to his captain of how he how he treated a phone call like this, he'd get fired in an instant. <laughs> he's terrible. He doesn't even like come in and make sure she's okay. I know that he says like blink a couple times if you're in danger. Like if she's really in that much danger, she's not going to be blinking like that. But um, he was just te- he sucks. <laughs> the cops do come out at the end. We do see him at the end when all the cops. You know, barricade down after multiple gunshots in the city. Yeah, and yeah. And, yeah. I hope you felt bad after that for not trying to help her more. But um, anyway, regardless of the of that, um, I like everybody in this movie together. I think that it's really, really good. I I give it a four. Jess, I'm still caught up on the character motivation to give it. I think a high score. So, for example, when the daughter is almost in a coma um, in the room with the two criminals and they try to save her, like, why don't they just give her to her mom at that point? And they could have strangled her or left her to die. So they they clearly care about her. Forrest Forrest Whitaker does. Dwight Yoakam doesn't. This this is the whole thing. The criminals don't agree with each other. And he says it in the beginning, too. He goes, we're not here to kill anybody. I would never... I'm not going to hurt anybody. He wants to leave when he sees that the guy has a gun. Like, I think the compassion is there for him. I think that... um, And they also bring up the point that he had children as well. So, Mm -hmm. I think that that's where his compassion comes in. And Dwight Yoakam has none. And he, you know, that's (laughs) why he wants to... You know, the the three criminals don't get along because they all three have completely different motivations which are you know talked about yeah i don't know and then uh what what are you missing (laughs) the dad lied about like calling the police and stuff i don't know i think that was kind of bad he didn't call the police that's why those two showed up no i mean he lied lied about it oh like yeah when they were beating him up yeah i don't know i if that point if you're held at gunpoint and your whole family was at stake i feel like i would probably tell the truth well, uh, it's very, very I interesting. Of, I think he would have died. <laughs> it's very interesting how you can interpret, you know, put yourself in the shoes of all the characters and see what you would do. Like, it's hard to say. I don't know what the fuck I would do in any of these situations. I'd be so scared. I would just, I would surrender. <laughs> I wouldn't even gotten this far. Yeah, and then with the police situation, I probably would have been like, look, this is a situation I'm in. Like, you obviously can't barge in here, but I think she should have been more honest. I said that with, too. With uh, the police. So, yeah, said the exact Yoakum same kills thing. Your daughter. I'm just, you know. No, I mean, they could have planned, like, some attack by, like, coming through the back way or something else, or at least having everybody there. And But instead, she was like, 
oh no, everything's fine. You can just leave. Like clearly, she needs a backup. And... Well, yeah, she wanted to take care of it her own way. She didn't want to risk them screwing it up. I don't know. I wouldn't trust my own way. I would trust a bunch of people that were <laughs> trained to do that. So okay, what was your rating? I'm you... uh, like a two. Ouch. Yeah, I'm I'm with Nicole again for like out of four. <laughs> um, it's kind of the same thing with the plot. Uh, well, jo- first of all, Jodie Foster is really, really good in this. I think this is one of the best things I've seen her in. Uh, she's the character I understand completely the most and have the least nitpicks about. I guess Kristen Stewart's because she doesn't really do a whole lot and everything she does, I guess I agree with. So the two of them are fine. It's the criminals that, while I like their three personalities and that that creates tension and conflict between the three of them, which is necessary to keep the plot moving and also makes sense because the three of them, you know, where they all come from. Um, I like all that, except I don't understand different, you know, there's a lot of times the criminals can leave. I don't think, I think Jodie Foster and Chris Stewart are kind of stuck with what they're given. I think the criminals. When you're in so deep, are you really going to leave when you realize that there's probably up like more than $10 million in there? That's what you're motive. That's what you're there for. Well, they don't know that. Force Whitaker and Dwight Yoakam become in too deep once they once Dwight Yoakam kills Jared Leto and they find out there's that much more. All the way up to that point, if I'm Forrest Whitaker, I'm out. Like I'm not I'm not sticking around. And Jared Leto, I mean, he's he's a fucking crackhead idiot. I mean, he doesn't know he. The only reason he's in charge in quotations is because he knows like it's his it's his great grandfather or it's his grandfather. He knows that there's more money and that's going to be a thing that comes up later. Forrest Whitaker should have left. Like as soon as as soon as the beginning, as soon as uh, Jared Leto's like, oh, they weren't supposed to be here, and they are there, and they're like, well, they got cameras. I'm like, you can, I mean, leave now while you can. I think I agree that with point. that. And then you know, Dwight Yoakam's character is a necessary force because otherwise, otherwise, I would agree with a lot of the points you guys are making. Well, why don't they leave here? Why don't they negotiate? I think Dwight Yoakam's presence prevents talking it out. Prevents you know. Get, having the police come in and like have like you know the old bank standoff, it prevents it prevents talking it out from all parties. So that's why his character is there for me. That's why he's necessary, and that's why I think he it's a good thing he's here. Otherwise, I would I would be, I would agree with you guys and be like, yeah, I could just get past Jared Leto because he's a twerpy method, and Forrest Whitaker clearly doesn't want to hurt anybody. But um, you know, it's they're it's, just this all isn't... so stereotypical criminals. I feel like they all have their own little stereotypes that are annoying, and that's why it's hard to get past them sometimes. They're just things that make it so. Like, especially Forrest Whitaker's character. His character is the most frustrating because even though I like him, like I like the guy, I feel for him. He just all his choices are the most baffling. He could have ran away at the end, but he doesn't want to because he wants to save. The family, um, he doesn't know that, like, what's going on in there. He hears screaming, but he doesn't know for sure. He could have got away. I mean, I don't know. There's just some things, but they're, I think they're nitpicks. I like the characters as a, as a whole, so, uh, four. Um, <laughs> visual and sound, I will go back to you, Jess, for this, because uh, we've just kind of talked about the whole movie all over the place. So, what do you think of visual and sound? So, at first, when I was watching it, um, probably the first half hour, I was like, you know what? This is pretty good for 2002. Go you. And then the gas scene happened, and I was like, oh, never mind. It's 2002. When everything was, like, blue and, like, gray and cloud looking at the top, and I was like, oh, this is the stuff I hate. Or when they were um, upstairs. Does that mean, like, every movie at a certain age cut off is just can't go past, like, a two? Yeah, I kind of wish I was born in, like, 2005. Then I would probably appreciate <laughs> all the movies because I'd be what like 2012 by the time I understood movies, and that's when they started getting good anyway. So 
That doesn't mean um, you don't go back and watch old movies. <laughs> Just because, like, I wish I was born even later so that the technology is better. <laughs> and I don't have to I watch don't. all... I don't have to suffer through, uh, like, subpar technology. <laughs> yeah, or, like, the part where they were um, upstairs and there was that tunnel of air and she had that flashlight, that, like, this little tiny flashlight that was clicking, but from the outside view it looked like, I don't know, like yes, a lighthouse kind of light. And I was like... yeah. I'm on board with that. <laughs> like, even, okay, even 2002, like, that won't cut it. Like, that's unrealistic. So stupid stuff like that kind of bothered me. And I think there could have been a lot better music to make it more suspenseful. Um, but I think that really, really lacked here because it could have been more eerie. Um, the house could have, like, made the house kind of look more, um, I don't know, just complicated and like kind of like a maze but mm-hmm. i didn't really hear any of that so probably keep it at two nicole i think that um the visual and sound for me is probably the would be one of the lower ratings that i could give this i mean i i agree i think that the flashlight was really corny too it doesn't work like that i feel like um i like that they did that whole gas thing i thought it was really smart but I mean, it did look a little, like, just kind of placed in there afterwards, like all the blue flames. So, I mean, it, it was okay. Um, but, I mean, other than that, nothing really stands out to me as, like, something that, like, blew me away. It was all pretty one note in terms of the, the visual of it. Um, I liked how they showed a lot of things through the security cameras. I thought that was a really neat touch. But one thing that we brought up was, I wonder how they make a point in the beginning to show the green sensor light that nothing can close when something's in the way. And then later on, the guy's hand gets stuck in the door. So I don't understand if he Yeah, we both pointed that out, too. We were like, is the sensor only in part of the door? Yeah, Uh, yeah. because she had it open with the the pillows in the beginning. So it doesn't really make any sense. Was it damaged, Um, maybe, during all the scuffle i don't know perhaps perhaps that that could be it but you know that was a that was a visual flaw that i think that we we both took a second to say uh that doesn't make any sense um but i mean overall it's it's fine um i hate the i hate the ending where where forrest whitaker has the papers in his hand and they tell him to let <laughs> they, go and they swirl in the wind and it's a whirlwind of, <laughs> of fucking for, vortex right in this yard i yeah. know that that's so unsatisfying but also that was pretty, that was pretty bad I'll, I'll agree with that it's pretty ridiculous <laughs> you see but, his like lip quivering he's like no and he lets it go and they just like <laughs> oh my god it's pretty ridiculous but other than that it's it's fine i, I will stick with a three I think I'm a I'm I'm solid four here again. Um, I we didn't really talk much about the sound. I like the lack of sound. I like the silence. Um, the silence is a good tension building when they're because they're on different floors. The stairs like going up and down. Uh, things falling off like when the lamp falls off in that one scene when Jodie Foster's trying to get her cell phone. Um, oh, the one visual that's really good, sorry, is um, when Kristen Stewart is watching the cameras while um he's drilling the hole in the safe and she doesn't realize that the other guy's watching her watch them so mm-hmm. he like yeah. when when jody foster's busting the cameras so that was i like that part well yeah that's what i want to say about the visual and why i'm a little bit higher than you guys the camera work and the cinematography in this is really really good um if you look at like in the beginning when um 
the three criminals are first breaking in. The camera's kind of swooping all around through the house. It goes through like the coffee mug handle. It goes through up and down a wall. And then it show every time it gets to a new window, like you see them doing something outside, putting a ladder down, going up, trying a different door with their key. Like I like it. We flow through the whole house with this, with this like smooth camera angle. Um, that I really enjoy. And another thing, when they're in the panic room, they do a lot of, like, inside the walls, under the floors, like, like moving the camera through the house. It feels like, like, it's, it's like, breathe. It's, the camera's, like, breathing in the scene. Like, it's really, like, there and, like, like uh, transferring smoothly. I can see um, that. Yeah, like, if I have to, yeah, like, uh, gripe about it, we kind of already said, uh, the ending whirlwind of, of, uh, Bearer Bonds <laughs> is stupid looking, um, the flashlight doesn't, <laughs> doesn't hold up, um, I don't mind the blue flame propane scene, I don't, I think for 2002 effects, it's perfectly fine, like, I don't think it looks, look, you know, I don't grade things, like, as if everything was made in 2019, I guess, I grade it as if it were 2002, and for that well, time Well, that's period, what we do. Yes. So yeah, I'm I'm a four. It's 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 solid across uh, across the board. A couple of nitpicks we already pointed out. Kind of like this whole movie. I think it's solid across the board with some extra good stuff, but just enough nitpicks to make it never you know rise above that four territory. Um, and then I'm gonna go with overall resonance feel. Go to you, Nicole, since you've seen this how many times? What, what number of time is this for you? Probably like seven or eight. <laughs> so oh you you must have some resonance and feel of this movie. I really love this movie. <laughs> Um, it's always suspenseful. Every time I watch it, I know exactly what's going to happen, but it's always that little tingling sensation. Like, oh my God, is she going to get back into that fucking panic room before they get up there again? Is she going to get that? (laughs) Is she going to shoot that medicine across the floor into the thing? Of course she is, but I need to see it again. Like, I just love how this movie, it's not full of anxiety ridden scenes, but the ones that are are really good like they just make me feel so uncomfortable like oh my god she her daughter's sick she needs to get out of there to go get medicine how is she going to do that she has to wait for the right moment when they're all downstairs well what happens if she doesn't if she steps out too quick like your my head's just like going a mile a minute whenever these like in really intense scenes are happening when she's talking to the cops and she has to make sure that they're trusting her that she's not going to say anything and she blow she p- plays it off like nothing's wrong like, she had every opportunity to just say, help me, and she doesn't do it. Like, those kind of scenes are just, like, they're they're very anxious, and that's what I think makes this movie so good. And I, th- I think Jodie Foster's awesome anyway, so. I know, I just really like all the, all the characters working together to make this, like, really uncomfortable. You don't realize in the beginning, you don't realize that it's her husband standing at the door. I didn't the first time I saw it. I thought it was a neighbor or something. Right, yeah. Um. So then when he walks in and you see his last name, you're like, oh my god, it's the fucking husband! Like, it's just, those, those little those little parts like that really enhance this whole thing for me. So I'm gonna give it a 4.5. Yeah, the inf- I'm gonna agree with you there. The information is, like like you said, the, the we find out his husband is, you know, the person who comes in, the, the sick, the daughter's diabetes all the different criminals motivations like everything is doled out like exposition is great really well done the scene there's not a whole lot of like we're gonna let's talk and explain this whole scene and like well like everything is like subtle and like you have to pay attention to the little details and i i I agree with you that's a that's a strength of the no uh, just another thing that that i like another little scene that i like is um when she's got when after he gives her the shot and she's got the little medicine 
bag with her and you're waiting for her to like stab him in the neck or something and she doesn't do it you're like when's she gonna do it when's she gonna do it and she doesn't do it the whole scene and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) i really like that one too that's all (laughs) (laughs) jess what's your resonance and feel um i'm gonna rate this one lower than i already have been probably a one five (laughs) mostly because i I didn't feel any of the suspense i mean it's called panic room but i was not panicking how they're gonna get out of the room i think i was mostly frustrated by the character's choices again the lack of music didn't make it seem like there was a time limit on anything or anything was rushed or overly drawn out I was just like, you're watching it, but you're like, why would you do that? Or that's just dumb. Or you should have done that instead. And just getting frustrated. I didn't think I felt the delivery that it was meant to do. Did you put mm-hmm. yourself in Did you put yourself in, in her shoes at all through this? I think at the police scene where she uh, like didn't ask for help, I was just like, all right, this girl's just dumb. <laughs> that's when I kind of <laughs> gave up on her. Oh, goodness. Yeah, well, we've already talked. We don't have to do it again. We've already talked about our differences on character motivations. Um, my resonance and feel is actually a little bit lower than my constant four. Uh, it's like a three, three. It's a three. Um, it's not my favorite Fincher movie. It's in like a middle of the pack. It's it's not bad. Um, all his movies are you know completely competently made. Um, exposition well doled out. Characters fleshed out. Um, it's a, not his tightest movie, and at the end of it, it's like. I've seen this once before. I remembered most of the beats in here, but like, it's not like a super sticky movie. Um, there's some scenes I really like, and uh, you know, I like Jodie Foster's performance quite a bit, and the uh, squabbling with the criminals is all solid. But um, it's not the stickiest. Uh, and I'm comparing it to other David Fincher movies, like you know, Seven, Fight Club, Social Media. These are all like me- movies in the in the zeitgeist. Everyone knows those. Um, this is a little. It's definitely not on the on the cult classic level. As some right and like are. it's not like i'm digging it for like the game the game is a movie that no one ever talks about and that's maybe my favorite fincher movie i love that movie and that's got a shit ton of plot holes but i just the tension in that's it's it's incredible um this is kind of like no one's know, quoting panic room <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah there's not a bunch of t-shirts and like <laughs> sayings and like people don't dress up as jodie foster from panic room um so or jared leto although they probably should dress up like jared leto oh panic my god room. uh <laughs> So we're at the end of the <laughs> we're at the end like, of the movie like riff raff or whatever. Who's that? <laughs> Who's the one I have? Yeah, I think I think that's I think you're maybe not. I don't know. I don't know my modern rappers. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't know these things. Um, we're at the end here though, and I'll start with uh, I'll start with Nicole. Get, start easy. Uh, would you recommend Panic Room? <laughs> huh. I would definitely recommend panic room i don't know why i like it so much honestly i don't know i i know i'm gonna watch it again <laughs> at some point in my life because i really like it um it's see it's a very easy watch for me you don't really have to it's not it's not a psychological th- thriller in the sense that you need to pay attention literally 24 7 to watch it and know what's happening but you still put yourself in this position and say what would I do and that's what makes it uncomfortable for me is knowing that I never want to be in this position and if I had a kid there oh my god this would be the scariest thing in my life and how is she going to get out of this and how is she going to survive in a bunker with a kid that needs medicine and there's gasoline being poured in it like that kind of that kind of scene just really 
speaks something to me and i'm like i would never be able like someone thought of this it's just crazy but um (laughs) it's a very easy watch i think that it's just it's a fun one to watch jess would you recommend uh panic room uh no probably not i don't this isn't really my kind of movie i think again i don't think i really got the delivery that it was uh, supposed to give the audience again it was i think the characters um and mostly like the visual and sound or the lack of sound i didn't really appreciate i think that could have built it up a lot more um there just could have been more to it that i didn't really appreciate i'm gonna give uh, panic room a recommend it's um it's you know it's solid i i i was probably never gonna watch this a second time except nicole loves it i guess so like i, I, I was going to um once was enough for me but i'm glad i saw it once and twice you know i still like it the second time through i don't i don't i don't feel like i wasted time um it's solid it's not great um it's but um it's great <laughs> according to nicole it's great and according to jess it's very not, it's it's not great it's at all very not um, great. <laughs> I, I guess I, I guess i'm the middle opinion on this one I, it's it's a it's a recommend you know a medium ish recommend so two recommends one not recommend for panic room uh sorry we couldn't do jojo rabbit i was really looking forward to that but maybe hopefully it'll that'll come be... out later on it, yeah, I'm, I know it's at some like small art house theaters, but like I, I try to we try to do stuff that's available to a wide audience, and you know if it's not in the Philadelphia area to a wide audience, it's not going to be in you know smaller towns. So, uh, but there is a movie coming out uh, that is surprisingly going pretty wide, uh, and I didn't think it was going to, but it's on our schedule now. The Lighthouse, The Lighthouse will be coming out on Monday. That is Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Yeah, it's totally uh, different. This is from the director of The Witch, which is a <laughs> polarizing horror movie kind of in the same vein of like Ari Aster hereditary and midsummer movies um so it's that you know they call it elevated horror um, hereditary and midsummer are two very different movies but the the one but the, was good and one was not <laughs> well it's it's the it's the genre it's a horror movies that critics like and audiences are like eh not enough jump scares um but yes <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Although Jess does like one of those movies as well, so no it's not jump scares yeah, yeah. in Panic Room. <laughs> There's, there, I think there no. might actually be a couple jump scares in Panic Room if memory serves. I have to, I have to look back. But um, so yeah, the Lighthouse will be coming out on Monday, uh, and then November will be, will be swinging, swinging into full gear with more theater reviews. I know a lot of those will be in theaters that we have coming up. So if you have anything to recommend to us in the meantime, films with the women in my life on Facebook and. I am Brennan underscore pod host on Instagram. Uh, All right. Well, Jess, Nicole, thank you for being on Panic Room. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, everyone, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod. And check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder.